Welcome to Reality Podcast. Hoping our listeners are ready and sitting comfortably with a cup of tea. Hi, my name is Ileana Sofia alongside with my friends. Hello everyone, my name is Daniel Rahim. Hi there, I'm Nur Shahira. Hey, I'm Iza Yazi. Greetings to all gorgeous listeners. I believe you already know what is Sustainable Development Goals or SDGs. No, it's okay. Let us walk you through it. Sustainable Development Goals or SDG is a 2030 agenda adopted by all United Nations member states in 2015, which consists of 17 goals with its official wording, strengthen the means of implementation, the global partnership for sustainable development. Mm, what about the Millennium Development Goals or MDGs? Did you guys know anything about it? Well, let me tell you. Eight Millennium Development Goals or MDGs are the same as SDGs. However, MDGs were established and signed in September 2000, where the United Nations member states agreed to try to achieve the eight goals of MDGs by 2015. Then the MDG has been superseded by SDGs. Hence, there are SDGs with 17 goals. In this episode, we will walk you through the third SDG, which consists of. Good health and well-being, and by this goal, we will be discussing about your mental health is important too, frontliners. So hello again. Ah,、uh, my name is Daniel Rahim. So I would like to talk about the precaution on COVID nineteen. As we know, COVID nineteen is a pandemic that has hit our country and the whole wide world. So there are some precautions that could be taken to curb the COVID nineteen. Precaution that I would like to suggest. Is to monitor our daily health. We should record our daily temperature and check on ourselves. If we feel unwell, I would like to suggest that we stay at home. And if there any no emergencies or urgencies to go out, next is to clean and disinfect. Everyone should start to clean and disinfect their daily use items, such as keyboard, mobile phone, earphone, and areas as well, as we didn't know if there are any viruses clings to our items. And lastly, I would like to suggest the initiatives that everyone includes included, which is get vaccinated. And I would like to urge everyone to take care of themselves and make the world a better place to live, even in these hard times. In this episode, we have invited a guest who is a psychiatrist, doctor specialized in consultant, adult psychiatrist, and addiction specialist. He is also a professor at the Clinical School of International Medical University. He is also one of the practitioners of premium mental health clinics in Kuala Lumpur, the Mind Faculty Sindiran Berhad. We would like to introduce to you Dr. Philip George. Hello, Doctor. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you for that introduction. Welcome, Doctor. We are thrilled to have you here, Doctor. Okay. And doctor, we have seen a video of you doing a seminar with a psychiatrist doctor from Australia in the year of twenty eighteen over the YouTube, and I believe he was your mentor, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I worked in Australia for a while, and、uh, oh. he was my mentor then.、Uh, so now I invite him to come to Malaysia to help teach the students here as well.、Mm, I see. It must be such an experience to have him as mentor, right? Yes, yes. I I think in life you need to always 
see who is you know somebody that you will uh, be mentored by and also be able to mentor others i think that's a cycle of life i mean in yeah. my belief yeah right so as we know malaysia reported about covid-19 pandemic in march 2020 in the midst of covid-19 pandemic we have experienced lockdown gazette by the government on 18 march 2020 for almost a year and this pandemic is considered as challenging and trying time to us all especially among frontliners doctors for today's episode we would like to discuss with you about frontliners mental health and we would love to have some opinions and advices about this issue as we are now in the pandemic covid-19 hi eliana here we have few questions we would like to ask you doctor Um, Dr. Sure. Dr. Can you tell us on how you define mental health? Uh, well, mental health is actually the emotional, psychological, and social well-being of an individual. That means it affects how we think, how we feel, how we act, and it also determines how we deal with things in our life, like stress, relationship with others, and even just making choices in our life. I see. I we understand that, doctor. We did some readings about mental health conditions among frontliners, and to our understanding, we understand that the frontliners are dealing with highs and lows of their mental state because of overburdened workload. Are there any other reasons that lead to instability of their mental health condition that we do not know of? Well, basically, frontliners uh, in the pandemic are healthcare workers. and even before the pandemic we have done studies looking at the mental health of healthcare workers and healthcare workers actually have higher stress than most other professions and that's largely related to you know their long working hours being on call and then dealing with people uh, who you know are maybe at the brink of suffering a serious condition or death or life situations oh. so all this is stressful for a frontliner even before the pandemic now with the pandemic of course it can maybe make things worse mm, yeah it's true i see but uh, based on the research that we have done in the midst of covid-19 pandemic The frontliners experience long working hours under uncomfortable and stressful conditions and by that lead them to experience low morale and work performances. How so? Well, basically if you look at stress and performance, uh, they can be plotted on a car, on a uh, on a what they call curve known as the Yerkes-Dodson law. And the Yerkes-Dodson law Uh, put stress on the x-axis and performance on the y-axis. Oh. So it is a bell-shaped curve where if you have no stress, you cannot perform. So just oh. imagine you're going for exams and you feel not stressed at all. You relax. You've been watching movies all day. You are most probably not going to perform, right? Yeah, true. But imagine the other extreme where. you're so stressed up about exams you're not sleeping you're continuing studying all through the week and you are not eating and you also are not going to perform mm-hmm. so there is an optimum level for everyone 
and everyone needs to know their optimum. The optimum is different from one person to another. At that optimum, you are performing to the best of your ability. So yeah, frontliners also need to know that they need to take breaks, that they need to maybe, you know, take time off uh, yeah. because once they exceed their stress uh, optimum, their performance in work is going to reduce. Yeah, true. I see that is information is new to us, especially about the graph in bell shape. Yes. We did not know anything about it and we never realized that these are what the frontliners are dealing, dealing with. Okay, final question from me, doctor. Uh, we found an article that is an, another term of instability mental health condition. It is called languishing, where there is a sense of stagnation and emptiness where they are having hard time concentrating and they also feel joyless and aimless. Can you tell us what is the difference between burnout and languishing? And does the frontliners also experience languishing? If so, how does it happen? Well, I think most of us are experiencing languishing. It's not just frontliners. Uh, it's that blah feeling, you know, just feeling blah. Like everything is nothing so exciting. Neither is every, nothing so depressing. It's just, you know, sort of bland. Like, you know, you go and eat uh, uh, your favorite meal and they don't put enough spice, then it's a bland meal. The same thing that most people during this pandemic are feeling, you oh, know, okay. because there's less control over the environment, less things that you can engage in. You're feeling, you know, not depressed, neither are you feeling happy. You're mm -hmm. in the middle sort of thing. Oh. You know? Like is in the article, the one who wrote the article, they say it's it's a meh feelings. Yeah, something like that. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, we understand. Thank you so much, doctor, for such great insight. It is very new information to us. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Hi, guys. It's me, Isa Yazi again, and I would like to remind you guys that we are public relations students, and I would like to introduce PR to you guys. So, Daniel, do you know history of PR in your ITM? Yeah, hi, Isa. So, I would like to introduce a bit about the PR. PR is also known as the public relation, and it is a program that has been started in 1972 in UITM. And it was under the mass communication program. And the outcome of this program focuses on producing public relations professionals and practitioners who are passionate, knowledgeable, and are able to contribute to the PR industry and the country. The program is affiliated with the Institute of Public Relations Malaysia through its IPR MSA UITM chapter. Oh, I see. Now, I would like to ask you, I mean, what is your favorite subject in PR? So, one of my favorite subjects in PR is communication theory. As I see, communication is the essence of life. It's, it is a necessity to express themselves as human beings need to communicate. An individual has to communicate through express their feelings, to pass on information to other human beings, and share their thoughts and feelings as well. With this subject, I have learned how communication actually works. And it is so, so amazing to see how communication actually works. 
Mm, it must be like really interesting to learn this subject and apply this theory in our life, isn't it? All right. And moving on, Daniel, why you choose PR as a major choice? For my own reason, so studying PR as my major is actually studying PR will develop writing skills and editing skills as well, as you will be expected to work on a wide range of media that is including of press releases and reports. As such, you will also learn how to build professional relationship, which is also known as networking. So I think that is why I choose PR as my major. All right. Wow. Now our beloved audience has already got a hint what MassCom are all about, thanks to Daniel. All right. Before wasting too much time, I would like to go deeper on this issue by sharing some statistics that I found regarding our frontliner mental health state. According to the expert, our frontliner were reported to be overburdened with work and many reported stress, stigmatization, anxiety, and depression. The prevalence of anxiety and depression was reported as 23.2% and 22.8% respectively. From the study itself, medical workers have extremely severe levels of depression and stress while healthcare workers have mild depressive, anxiety and stress levels. I mean, is it shocking to find out how struggle our frontliner are? Alright, doctor, I would like to ask some questions and opinions from you regarding this issue. First of all, is a busy schedule to handle patients causes mental health problems among the doctors? Well, it all depends. <clears throat> all doctors are not equal. Uh, so you have to look at their background, their own mental health resilience, and how they can cope. Uh, then you need to look at the environment that they are working in. If, for example, you are in India now and the is overwhelmed and there's no oxygen to help your patients, your stress is going to be maybe 100 times more than a doctor in Sungai Bulo Hospital. So, yeah, it depends on many other factors as well. But, yes, a busy schedule can trigger more mental health problems. And that's why we have a time frame for doctors. There's a certain time that they, you know, can work. And after that, they need to take breaks, including nurses and other healthcare professionals. Oh, I see. I mean, I truly understand and agree with your point of view, which is all doctors are not equals. I mean, we have to look at the environment they are working with. And yeah, I agree on that point, which is if we take a look at Indian country, they have like overcrowded patients of COVID-19 and it must like um, have they must have like a really busy schedule for them. And thank you so much, Doctor, for your insight. And next, Doctor, if you don't mind us asking, how the hospital management deals with bad behaviours of nurses and doctors? Well, usually this is not common. It's very rare. But when it does occur, there are actually uh, councils. There is the council uh, called the Malaysian Medical Council and the Malaysian Nursing Council. Uh, they are in charge of the ethics of our practice. Mm, so see. if somebody does not practice appropriately, a complaint can be sent to the council mm. and the council will investigate. The complaint can be sent by the patient, their family, the hospital, or even other healthcare mm. professional. But they will investigate and then decide 
what uh, you know wh whether the uh, there is uh, truth in the issue and whether there needs to be any action taken all right i think i've received like new information here which is from malaysian medical council we can complain um complain anything that we want to and it will be sent to the council all right i think like it's crystal clear now on how the hospital management deals with these bad behaviors of doctors and nurses all right doctor our next curiosity will be as a psychiatric doctor i am very sure you can identify whether a person is having a mental breakdown have you ever approached these doctors as there might be some doctors who are very private to share their problem yeah well actually during the uh, the busy period uh, in the first wave uh, there have been various uh, support systems put in place for all healthcare professionals the malaysian medical association which looks after doctors actually organized a mental health support line uh, confidential and you know anonymous uh, calls can be received from those who are going through stress to talk to other professionals about their stress even the nursing council and uh, association organize similar things mercy malaysia has organized uh, psychosocial support for all frontliners uh, either by calling in or by face to face uh, sessions as well. So there are many different uh, groups that have helped and supported. In my own practice, uh, we have offered our services as uh, what do you call counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists to those who need help. And so some have actually approached us and talked to us for their own personal needs. Oh, I see, doctor. So, I mean, the Medical Medicine Association or also organized mental health support line, and also Mercy Malaysia also doing their job to have um to to provide the psychosocial support for for them. So, all of the doctor will not be like uh, overburdened, and maybe they can like release their stress and by sharing uh, their problems to the other expert. Also, amazing. I mean, such a great clarification from you, doctor, and we truly appreciate that. And the audience must be so thrilled to hear the last question on this segment. Doctor, um, what is the long-term mental health effect that the frontliner will be facing if COVID-19 will not be cured in the meantime? And also, as a psychiatrist, maybe you could suggest to them on how they can deal with that problem? Well, once we overwhelm or uh, you know, sort of uh, overtax our healthcare system, everyone will be under stress uh, I see. people won't be able to get beds won't be able to you know get help uh, the illness the epidemic will get worse mm -hmm. uh, and of course the healthcare people will also be more stressed so that is the reason why the ministry of health is encouraging everyone to follow the mm -hmm. guidelines the sops to help prevent and reduce the spread of the virus. And so that means making lifestyle changes, uh, using you know, barriers and uh, masks and you know, going out less and interacting less and also getting the vaccine. Once that is achieved, the stress on the healthcare system will reduce. And then you know, the effects will be less on everyone. Of course, if that does not happen, the long-term effect can be the frontliners going to burnout. Uh, 
from languishing mm -hmm. you're going to burn out burnout means you can develop medical problems or mental illness you can have hypertension diabetes heart disease or depression or anxiety or even post traumatic stress disorder all right so remember everyone like dr philip said follow the sop text the vaccine do not skip the vaccine if you guys have the opportunity to get that it will help to ease our frontliners burden and also they will not have like a really um extreme uh, mental health and all right so moving on how time flies now we're already in our next i'm sure dr philip had shared a lot of information previously I really hope our dear listeners get knowledge from it. Hi, Dr. Shahira. It's an honor to have you here. Thank you. Doc yes, Shahira. <laughs> Doctor, you have been a psychiatrist for quite several years. So throughout your experience, what do you think is the main reason that leads to a bad mental health? Well, one big uh, fact is that we sometimes ignore our mental health. Uh, so... Of course, you know, you wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth. It's not because you have bad teeth, but it's because you want to prevent tooth decay and, you know, caries and all the problems with poor, you know, dental care. But how much do you spend on mental health? How much time do you spend to, you know, improve and perfect your mental health and strengthen your mental health? So, yeah, I think that is one of the biggest reasons why people get into bad mental health. They don't manage stress. They don't uh, do things like regular exercise or mindfulness or meditation. They don't do breathing exercises. They don't invest in those important things that are important for their own mental health. Uh, that is one of the most important reasons. Of course, the other is maybe they are interacting with the wrong people, over-engaging in things that are not good. So, you know, there are many factors as well. I see. I It's um, kind of unexpected uh, answer that I got from you because I also didn't realize that mental health also comes, from, comes within ourselves. And yeah, I agree with you. However, doctor... There's something that always plays in my mind and I'm eager to ask for your opinion. Regarding our main discussion today, is it true people who depend more on pills and medicine rather than see a psychiatrist tend to have a bad mental health? Can you explain more on this? Well, some people actually use other ways to cope with their mental health uh, instead of looking for professional help. Uh, because in Malaysia, of course, there's a lot of taboo, stigma, prejudice related to mental health. So they may then self-medicate. And self-medicate maybe with things that are available to them. Some patients take sleeping pills. Some, pe some people take uh, drugs. Mm. Or some people use alcohol or mm. smoke to overcome their mental health problem. But all of this actually doesn't help their mental health. It actually makes it worse. And it's now affecting their physical health. So actually, if you do have mental health problems, try not to self-medicate and do Dr. Google. Get professional help early. Yes, true. Uh, yes, true. 
Undoubtedly, I believe all of the things that you're saying, plus doctor, seeing a psychiatrist is very much needed as they are professionals and knows the pros and cons, especially to those who are really having a mental disorder. Next, I receive a lot of complaints, doctor, saying that teenagers also have a high tendency to have a mental disorder. Doctor, in your opinion, what is the main factor that influences these teenagers' mental health disorder? Well, actually, teenage life is the most stressful period of anyone's life. Exactly. It is a transition between being a child and dependent to being an adult and independent. Mm -hmm. So it is a very stressful period. There are many things that need to be built during this period. And sometimes if the, uh, you know, the support is not there, environment is not ideal, or you don't pay attention to your own mental health, then there is higher risk of developing a mental disorder. Recently, though, I think some of the main factors uh, can also be included as, you know, overindulgence in social media. Uh, so social media is good if you use to a certain amount. If you overuse, you can actually maybe start to you know, uh, have mm -hmm. self-esteem issues, body image issues, start feeling anxious and depressed, especially when other people are putting up beautiful photos or beautiful yeah. scenery or talking about how they makan sini, makan sana and bought so many <laughs> yes, you know, rich things and you, you can't afford. So you need to decide how much you spend on social media as well as video games. I mean, gaming is great. It's uh, relieves stress. But if you spend 24 hours a day doing that, then that's actually the other end of stress. It becomes exactly. stress. So mm -hmm. you need to find a balance in some of the newer activities that have come for teenagers now. Right? Yeah. Mm. Exactly, and it's very great, Doctor. What a clear explanation we all received just now. Moving on, Doctor, we all believe that if there are causes, there must be the effect. As we, just, as we said just now, there are a few causes that lead to a bad mental health. Would you like to share with us the consequences of having mental health issue? If it's not possible, can you give the effect based on two different kinds of age group, which is the effect to youngsters and also to adults? as they also may experience bad mental health. The floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, well, the consequences are almost the same. It's just that it's shown in different ways. So uh, if you have bad mental health, you have mm -hmm. high risk of developing depression or anxiety, which in teenagers or younger people may be shown in behavior more than in symptoms. So their behavior may change. They maybe get more angry, irritable, join the wrong group of people, start using different things or, you know, become like gangsters. <laughs> but actually, they're trying to cope with the anxiety and depression. Whereas in adults, they may be, be able to talk about, you know, I'm feeling sad and depressed and down. Uh, <clears throat> the other thing that we know is that in teenagers, the risk of self-harm and also suicide is very high. So, in fact, the second most common cause of death among young people is suicide. So, we need to know that this can be a consequence as well. And we need to provide the supports and, you know, 
to be able to help people who are going through these problems to find the professional help that they need. I see. I believe it does not matter what age group you are in. Definitely having a bad mental health will absolutely lead to an unhappy lifestyle. Thank you, Doctor. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Our session is about to end and I can't believe that. All right, based on what we have discussed earlier, we believe that we have limited knowledge about frontliners' heavy duties that lead to mental health condition. Uh, doctor, is there anything that can trigger the frontliners' health condition that maybe we are not conscious of? Well, as I mentioned, I think it's, you know, developing a work-life balance. So if uh, the, the balance is not there, the frontliners are actually devoid of maybe having, you know, time to sleep and rest and be with the family or, you know, to uh, have interactions with others, then we're actually increasing their risk of developing mental health problems. Uh, but also frontliners need to also know how to deal with their own mental health. And so that means, you know, maybe seeking professional help or at least doing things that help reduce the effect uh, on their mental health. Like, you know, those things that I spoke about earlier, regular exercise, mm -hmm. a healthy diet, uh, also meditation, mindfulness, and, mm -hmm. you know, all of that would play an important role. I see. And what can I understand from what you're saying, Doctor? The work-life balance is very important. Maybe they should like maybe spend time and having interactions with their with their family so they can have like this um really huge support from them and they need also um really need to take care and just uh, know how to control of themselves so they can work easier. Such an honor to hear from an expert like you, Doctor mm -hmm. and Doctor. <laughs> what precautions that we should take when dealing with people who have mental health issues and what advice maybe you could give us on how to comfort them? Well, the first thing is if you're not trained in mental health, don't try and do counselling, right? Mm -hmm. Counselling is for the professionals. Uh, so if you're not a counsellor, psychologist, psychiatrist, then the support that you can give is to be there for your friend. You know, and that is basically giving a listening ear. So mm -hmm. most people with mental problems, they want someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. That person doesn't have to give an answer or a solution. You, they just need to talk to someone. Sometimes when they talk about their problem, they find their own solution. Mm -hmm. Or you oh. can actually guide them to think about how about you get some professional help. You know, maybe mm -hmm. I can help you find uh, where these professionals are. Or, you know, maybe if you feel scared, I don't mind accompanying you for your first visit. So those mm -hmm. are the different things you can do to help people with mental health problems. All right, I see. So guys, remember, do not be counsellor, okay? Just be a good listener, okay? All right. Um, Doctor, not only us, but we think that the audience is also inspired by your enlightenment. All right, Doctor, now we realize that we should pay attention to when it comes to talking and dealing with people around us, definitely. Thank you, Doctor, for giving such prominent advice. We are sure going to keep that in mind. Okay, welcome. <laughs> wow, what a splendid idea that we spilled today. 
But unfortunately, I feel that we really came at the end, isn't it? Yes, Shaira, I totally agree with you. I felt very satisfied with what Dr. Philip had shared with us as I now get a better picture about what is a good mental health. Uh, I, From my view and from the perspective from Dr. Phillips, I think a good and a balanced mental health leads to a better life and everyone should take care of their mental health as it is important to, get, to take care of their health too. Because nowadays people lack of knowledge on the mental health issue and I really think it is a great opportunity to hear from Dr. Philip, which broadened my knowledge. Yep. However, before we end, I think it's not a bad idea if I want to ask Danny about what he felt for today as I believe we as a university student that is currently facing ODL would also have a high tendency to have a bad mental health. What do you think, brother? Opinion on ODL. ODL, also known as online distance learning. ODL currently has a lot of limitation. Students struggle with the internet, online classes, and some students also don't have a proper device to join the online classes. This limitation could be one of the problems that leads to mental health issues as the students are still struggling and there is no way to help them to study properly and conducively over the internet. I think the subject that the student take are quite hard and the limitation lead the student to have a bad mental health. With the current ODL learning process, the study framework should be more easier as the student lack access to the information and the knowledge. Also, Students can always check up on their mental health and their mental well-being. And I think the student nowadays should not be worried to talk about their mental health. And if they need help, they should reach out for help. Mm, I got your point there, Danny, and thank you so much. Let's hope for a better future where everyone will have a better mental health. Alright, guys, our session has come to an end. Um, it's sad to see Dr. Philip go. It's such an honor to have someone as amazing as Dr. Philip. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Philip, for spending such precious time with us. And we would like to bid gratitude and farewell to all listeners for spending time with us. We believe that dear listeners might have their third cup of already while spending time with us or maybe more (laughs) (laughs) and last but not least i know it's tough to say goodbye but if it is our last goodbye i want i want it to be the best goodbye so take care everyone bye hashtag everyone stay safe stay safe and thank you for your time all right